Hi, filmmakers, and welcome to the Short Film Pod, hosted by Leonie Marsh and myself, Jacoby Gray. Today we're talking to Andy Carbone. He's a writer-director originally from Western Queensland. He began his working life in stock camps, mustering and droving cattle on large cattle stations in the Gulf of Carpentaria, before shifting his focus to the arts when he was accepted into the Bachelor's Acting Program at QUT. Andy lived and worked as an actor in Sydney, which ultimately led him to filmmaking. He originally co-wrote, produced and acted in a comedy short called Bird Therapy, which was officially selected for Tropfest in 2011. From there, he wrote and directed his two most recent short films, Waiting for Rain and Shooter. Andy enjoys bringing the stories he grew up with to life on screen, and both of his shorts are set in the cinematic landscape of the outback and deal with issues such as grief, mental health, and the hardships of living on the land. Waiting for Rain won Best Short Film at the New Zealand International Film Awards, was nominated for Best Cinematography at St Kilda Film Festival, and was an official selection at Flickrfest in 2016. His most recent short, Shooter, screened at Palm Springs International Short Fest and this year's Manchester International Film Festival. So without further ado, let's get started. When I finished school, I went and worked, I was working on big cattle stations in far north Queensland, up in towards the Northern Territory and also down uh, in Western Queensland in the Channel Country. I was, and then I went home for a little bit back to Central Queensland and I was working there and I just needed a change. We had some bad droughts and I wanted to go to uni. Uh, I, I wasn't sure what I was going to do and I applied for a six month part-time drama course in Townsville, of all places. And from there, yeah, moved down to Brisbane. My mum was creative. She was the first person I saw on stage. She used to do amateur shows in Emerald, which I found really weird. Watching mum play a character was kind of strange. (laughs) Then I auditioned for QT. I'd never been on stage, never acted ever before I auditioned for drama school and I got in the second year. Wow. My second year theatre project was the first time I'd been on stage. Mm. So how did you then move into wanting to make your own films? Had a couple of experiences on set and my grandmother passed away and left me a little bit of money and with that I bought a 5D and then after that I had booked a holiday for my partner and I, Candice, to go over to New Zealand and we were like, what are we going to do there? And I said, I've just bought a camera and we decided to make a short film and we didn't have a script or anything. We were just shooting as we went along on our holiday and then we ended up making a little short film called Snow and it was about a woman just going to see snow and it was as simple as that and it was really fun it was a really fun experience. how lovely yeah. yeah and I do I recall seeing that film it was it was very simple but it, it was a beautiful story and just following this woman on this journey um so do you think that that experience kind of lit a fire in your belly to tell more stories from the other side of the camera yeah at, at, at the start I thought it, I wanted to be a DP and I started shooting a bit of stuff for other people and 
I wrote <laughs> Waiting for Rain as a short story first from actually getting dropped from my first agent. <laughs> I just was kind of just down and out. I was like, F- you all, I'm going to make my own. And I wrote this short story and then I sent it to a couple of people that I've made films with. And they said, it's a great short story, but you have to turn it, you know, you have to change the structure into a film, to a script structure. And it took me ages to do that. And then finally, a mutual friend of ours, Jacoby, um, Romani, she started working mm-hmm. with a production company in Sydney and she was looking to do a project. I thought I was ready to sort of direct something. And yeah, I just said yes to that opportunity to work with Romani and the production company she was attached to and yeah then I, I just sort of threw myself in and that was really the first time that i waiting for rain was the first time i directed with a crew or yeah dp anyone well you had quite a strong team around you you had zoe white as your cinematographer and she's um in very high demand right now was that romany who was able to pull this kind of team around you well, yeah, I was lucky enough. So basically, Romney, and there was also another uh, another lady involved called Jasmine uh, Fennell, uh, who was a New Zealand producer but was part of Aquarius down in Melbourne. And so she was looking to do something as well, and they came on board. And so basically they, they would send me a list of people that might be right for the project and then we'd have a look at their work. And, and, and I saw Zoe's work and... At that stage, she had just cut a new reel and made it more of a narrative reel because before that she'd shot a lot of commercials. And I just said, you know, Zoe is, I know we'll probably never get her. She's in New York, but she's number one. And and Romney just threw it out to Zoe. And Zoe came back saying yes because she'd never shot anything out west. She really wanted to do something in the outback. And she connected with the script and and we just worked around when she was coming back to Australia. Zoe's just exceptional and, and the way mm. she, she just keeps pushing and pushing and she's all about story and she's just got such a creative eye. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's one thing in particular that I noticed straight away with those two films and I watched Shooter first and instantly I was like, this is incredible. Each frame is so beautifully created, but as you said, it's totally serving the story. It's not just being creative for art's sake. And straight away, my first thought was, this is beautiful. Did she mentor you through the process or how did you sort of approach working with her? For me, it was really nerve-wracking. The first thing I said to Zoe, I said, look, this is my first film. I just think, you know, what, how you shoot is amazing, so I really trust what you're going to do for this. And the, but the biggest problem was Zoe was in New York and I was in Sydney and we never were able to do a recce together. We shot Waiting for Rain nine hours west, northwest of Sydney. So I'd been out there on a recce with Romney twice. So I knew the area and I took as many photos as I could so then I could send them through to Zoe. But we never really sat down and nutted out a shot list or all the likes. We had a couple of conversations over Skype and that was pretty well it. So it was quite nerve-wracking going into it. I just had complete trust in Zoe and what she could do and um, we made a decision that everything would be handheld and when we could, we'd try and we'd just use 
uh, sticks and, and, and the majority of stuff was also handheld when we were rushed. Mm. Mm. So does that mean when you were on set you would work out placement of the actors in the scene and work out the drama of the scene and Zoe would just be observing you and then figure out how best to to tell the story with the camera? We were kind of working it out yeah. on the go? Yeah, pretty much. We sort of went to a couple of locations and also with my AD, who's an absolute legend in Neil Sharma, when we first got out to the property, we quickly did a little quick recce around just to have a look at where we were going to shoot and the timing between getting to each each setup and each location. The scripts Waiting for Rain was pretty straightforward in regards to what we were going to, how we were going to shoot it. You know, that we're going to use a lot of long shots, try and make it wide, just expand, just trying to catch the landscape as much as anything. And then with the dramatic scenes, it was really about, for all the dramatic stuff, that's when we had a bit of a rehearsal and had a look at how we're going to do it. And we just made the decision to go handheld and just run it, run the scene as many times as we could and just keep catching different moments and hopefully to cut together in the edit, yeah. I think so, one thing for a lot yeah. of our audience who are um, emerging short filmmakers, it's particularly interesting to point out that you had such an amazing crew around you, especially having Zoe, and that it, even if you're making a short and it might be your first time or your second time, it's still worth approaching the people that you believe are the best for the story and the project and you never know when you might get a yes. And, you know, in that case I love that Zoe wanted that regional shooting experience and that story offered that? Absolutely, absolutely. And the sad thing is, like, I'll probably never get Zoe again for a long time. <laughs> She's just so in demand now. And it's also just good to have great contacts as well. Yeah. The opportunity to do something under the Aquarius umbrella really opened a lot of doors for us, mm, and which imagine. wouldn't have happened for a, basically a first-time filmmaker. That actually was was a blessing and, and I'm extremely grateful to sort of Angie over at Aquarius was for helping in in that respect, yeah. You felt obviously compelled to tell these stories that are from your upbringing in a way in Central Australia. I noticed there's also a big theme of loss in both of these films and, and people dealing with grief. In the outback, it's often a lot of hardship. How is it that you chose to intertwine those two things in your films? When I lost in my age and I sort of felt lost like that and I just I think that was the connection there, feeling kind of lost and out in the wilderness on your own. So I kind of wrote that story and then I made it a bigger thing about spirituality and the land and, you know, the mm. the kind of the resonance. Tracker. Yeah, yeah, a lot of those kind of films. I love big, expansive, cinema, quite cinematic-type films. For me, that was my upbringing, just these big, wide spaces, open, open spaces and... The grittiness of the land and this kind of the tough persona the outback has. The proposition was probably a massive inspiration. It's so evocative, for, for isn't it, that landscape? Yeah. Back on Loss, Shooter was definitely trying to make a comment about sort of mental, male mental illness in regional areas and suicide rates 
in regional towns in in Australia. It's just it's it's just crazy. I kind of wanted to sort of just shine a bit of a light on it, I suppose. Mm. Mm. Yeah. How many days was the shoot? It was four days. Yeah. Any any major challenges? Yeah, we did. I'm waiting for rain. We got all the way up nine hours northwest of Sydney without a card reader. <laughs> so, oh, no. so we couldn't read any of the any of the cards. So we got one day down, and a mate drove out who said to me just a, a throwaway comment saying, oh, I'll give you a hand, whatever you need. And I just I, <laughs> I phoned about four people and no one could do it. So no phone this guy. I said, you said you'd help out. And he drove it out <laughs> that next day. Listen. So we were able to keep shooting. Yeah. But during Shooter, when we first went to the location, they were sort of halfway through a reno at the house. So we thought, oh, it's going to be great. It kind of looks like the family's halfway through a renovation and it's half finished house, half finished life. In a way, but when we got there two months later, they'd finished the reno and the house looked amazing. So we just <laughs> thought we just can't use this place. And Candace, she went up to the pub and was talking to the publican and said, "Oh, look, the location's no good. We can't use the house. It's just a bit too too nice." And drinking behind the bar was a real estate agent, and she said, oh, "I've got a place just up the road." And we went to this other place and that ended up being the location. And it was just, uh, it was perfect. Um, I love not that. Only That's so we, cool. Yeah. So the community Everyone and then rallying, someone drove. You know? Yeah, yeah, very much so. Someone drove 30K from out of town and uh, brought a bag full of kids' clothes. And just stuff like that just happens in regional communities. I think they get behind mm. a, a lot more than, I suppose, in the city. Yeah. Mm, people mm, just really mm. help out. So going back to logistics for a minute, how did you fund these two projects? I mean, you obviously had Romani who sounds like a gun of a producer in her own right, but did you have different um, financing models for each one and what, what did you prefer? Talk us through that process. So basically, we applied for funding through the EFF Screen New South Wales format, and mm-hmm. we missed out there. So we had to, we went just we went and did campaigning, you know, like possible funding campaign, crowdfunding, yeah, yeah, crowdfunding stuff. We knew the budget that we needed for the film, and for both films, through crowdfunding and uh, through private investment, we sort of raised about 35 grand for each film and from that energy of getting money through that I was able to go to other people and say look you know we're getting this film up I had pretty well all of my cast and my key creatives locked in so with that I was able I had I felt like I had a a good set of cards package Yeah, yeah 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 you know I had some good cards up my sleeve so I could just sort of throw them out and say, look, and a lot of people I felt reacted positively to that rather than if I, you know, to know that you've got someone, some great actors involved or some great people, key creatives involved, I think people want to get behind that and make it happen a lot more. So um, I was able to, you know, the crowdfunding campaign 
sort of run it, had, was running its course and at the same time I was able to get other people to put money in privately as well. Mm, that's great. So as an actor, you have a lot of experience in pre-production, you know, your wardrobe and things like that, and then in production you go on set. But as a first-time director, you would not have probably had anything to do with the post-production before. How did you find that experience with Waiting for Rain and then what did you do differently or the same when you moved on to Shooter? I had done a little bit of editing, so I kind of knew the process vaguely. I was really looking forward to it. I think I, I, I was really excited about sort of what we shot and what we had um, throughout production. And then moving into post, I was really excited. And then I saw the first cut of Waiting for Rain that I, myself and just a, an up-and-coming editor sort of put together, this sort of rough cut and like... I showed it to Romani and Jasmine and, and some other people and it was just radio silence and I was sort of was like, oh, this is that bad. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it really was. It was terrible. It was like <laughs> it was the worst cut of and, uh, you know, a lot of people say that as well. Oh, you first cut. You, you kind of want to just vomit and you don't want to watch it anymore and you definitely doubt yourself as a filmmaker. Assembly uh, depression. Oh, it's just it's crazy. It took us a while both times in Waiting for an Intruder to find an editor. I had a couple of people drop out uh, along the way on both films and then was lucky enough to be able to work with some great editors and, Jacoby, you've worked with her as well, Danielle. On Waiting for Rain, I had Matt Evan and he said, look, I've got some ideas. And at that point, I said, I'll just stop for anything, mate. Just, just, go on, just help me. Because originally the film, I'd written the film, so it was kind of like shot for shot. So you saw a little bit of her, you saw a little bit of the drive, you saw a little bit of the backstory. And it was kind of, it, it read really nicely on the page, but then when we sort of cut it together, it just, it was so confusing and really to hold on to something and onto any kind of emotional part in the story yeah it was quite it was just wasn't working and so he just said oh, I've got some ideas and so just go for it and he ended up sort of cutting together giving us a full day with her and then introducing the driver at the end at the start of the next day and that sort of gave us something to hold on to we could understand her journey a little bit more so that was great first pass that Matt had at it, it was just, I just got tingles and, you know, the hair stood up in my arms and I was just like, oh, we're on here. So that was really nice. And then moving into post-sound, I'd never sort of worked with sound guys and editors and everything. And, and I was able to work th through Spectrum with some good guys there. And that was just a really great experience because I'd never seen that happen. So just being able to sit back and watch these professionals do their job and, and learn from them and how that all worked was really nice. Um, and Spectrum are so supportive of shorts as well, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You really uh, landed on your feet there. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was very lucky. You must have a winning smile, Andy. Yes. Well, either that or I can just really <laughs> bullshit my way into any sort <laughs> Well, so, both are equally as important when you're trying to get your short film done. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Mm. But, yeah, that was a great experience. I've, I've never been in the room for the grade thus far i've uh, i've always had complete trust in zoe and zoe wanted to be pretty hands-on with the grade and so i sent everything over to new york and and she had a really good colorist over there that she'd worked with on a lot of stuff so uh, both times i'd have notes online so mm. i'm yet to be in the room for a grade 
And what about music? Because I know that the composition and or the score of both of your films really builds suspense. Yeah. Um, did you enjoy working with a composer and, and creating that together? I had to rely on really good composers. And with Waiting for Rain, I was really nervous about that score. And I decided to get Will, my sound designer, to... I wanted, you know, like a like a didgeridoo sound, sort of droney kind of sounds, just that sort of really kind of vibrates off the images. I got him to play around with some didgeridoos and morph it all up, and and so we decided to run with that underneath the score, and and then and both those sounds kind of worked together to sort of create what Waiting for Rain was. And then with Shooter, I worked with guys at Folklore, and and they were great because he just really knew what he was doing um, with music and uh, uh, I just let him run with it. He went off the temp music that I put in there and, and expanded on that and we came up with a really nice kind of, it's a semi-dark kind of twisted, I, I feel it's quite dark, the score in, in some places, but also light and piano he uses is an old vintage piano that and he records and it's quite romantic. He records in this sort of barn down near Kangaroo, wow. down near Kangaroo Valley and I was just really happy with that score and, and the way it sort of worked with the sound design. And, and in Shooter I had a lot more to do with the sound design. I was quite clear. I was a lot clearer on where I wanted stuff to be and uh, to help the story. And, yeah, it was a great experience both times. But. What's your advice to a sh- wannabe short filmmaker? And what do you know now you wish you'd known then? I, th- I feel like you have to be quite topical in a way. I think because there's such a quick turnaround with shorts, well, quicker. I fell in love with storytelling as f- telling a story. But now I feel as filmmaking evolves and the amount of content that's out there, you have to try and find a way for your work to stand out in a way. That's personally how I feel and, and I think you have to write from truth and, and create something that is truthful to you from an experience or, or something that you, you handle or, or deal with front on in, in your life, I think. But also I would just say as a filmmaker, if from, from Waiting for Rain, I made a lot of choices based on other people's advice and I didn't stay true to myself and then with Shooter I was quite pig-headed about it. I went, no, I'm making this film and I didn't listen to that much advice. And I think there's a nice <laughs> nice halfway point in between. Like there's, <laughs> there's a really good middle ground where you're going to get where you can take people's advice and can pick and choose what you want. When someone gives you a note on something, the note might be right but there might the problem but there, there could be a problem there. So like... So, like, mm. you, you know, it's not always the note or that that's not the mm. right change, but there's something that's not working there. And I think you've got to think about that rather than the note. And that's a real learning too. We've talked about this actually mm. with Danielle because we yeah. interviewed her oh, in another episode. Great. And she said exactly that. Taking notes literally can really tie you in knots. It's being able to step back and give the space to work out what they're reacting to, where the feedback mm. is is coming from. Yep. And mm. you're saying exactly the same. And Almost then, looking beyond the note. That's great. I had so much fun being in the room with Danielle as well because 
That's the great thing about editing. And, and that's what I love about editing is the problem solving in that space and just having, you've got your rushes there to work with and there is a solution in amongst all of that mess. And, and finding those solutions, especially with Danielle, was really, really nice. Like with Shooter, we had a scene where uh, it wasn't quite working when the father was coming out with, you know, the takeaway dinner to the car and, and you know, the boys are out there and, and there was something that just wasn't gelling with that scene. And and Dan just found something that just sort of really just just tweaked one little bit and then that was it. And the whole scene just came together and it just sort of worked. It flowed a lot nicer and the edit is the, is the place you see that the most. And it's, it's quite nice, yeah. How have shorts impacted your career to date? What, what do you think that they've done for you professionally? Oh, look, that's a hard question. I think more than anything, it's been personal growth for me as a filmmaker, kind of getting a little bit clearer in sort of the films that I want to make, uh, the kind of filmmaker I want to be. You feel it in performance and as an actor, you kind of feel it like, especially on stage, you sort of feel... You know, one night the audience will be really into your character and then the next, and you'll get the laughs that you're supposed to get and then the next night you just won't. I think that's the same with filmmaking uh, as well and that's been a big lesson for me is like you've just got to make the films that sort of, you can't make a film just going out looking for praise or approval or, you know, all that kind of stuff. I think you've just got to make it for yourself to kind of, just keep working on it's it's your journey and, and it's your creative journey and I think you've got to be sort of clearer on not clearer but just work to you're working towards a, a common goal and a, a focus yeah I like making shorts uh, and I like I have got features sort of that I want to make, but they, they keep changing. I think mm. I'm, I'm not, I, I feel like your first feature is important in a way. I mm. think you can explore a lot of different stuff in shorts, but then I think you make a feature and it kind of sets the foundations for what you're going to make after that, I think. So, yeah, I, I'm just trying to, I'm just take your time take, I'm taking my it. time with it. And there's, mm. I'd, I'd like to do a web series as well. I've got a little web series mm. that kind of drama slash a little bit of, a little bit of comedy, but mainly but set out west again and follows a number of different stories. And so there's a couple of things that I'd like to try and get up and I think I'd like to not have to run crowdfunding campaigns. <laughs> I, don't, yes. I don't know where I'm yes. going to go next time. I'm sort of at that point now where I need, I, I kind of need to get some funding or some, find, find mm. some money some, somewhere else. So I, I will eventually try and move into features and, I'd like, to, I'd definitely like to keep the sort of outback themes going and, and do something along those lines. So, Andy, we've just got a series of questions, rapid fire. Try to answer them as quickly as you can off the cuff. Okay. Are you a texter or a talker? A talker. Favourite genre? Westerns. In the cinema, popcorn or Maltesers? Both. Yeah, <laughs> just mix them all in together and just sort of go for it, yeah. <laughs> Netflix or YouTube? Netflix. Favourite filmmaker? 
Oh, that's a really hard question. I don't. I, I can't answer that one. I don't really know. I, I, it changes all the time. One of my fun favorites I always go back to is Ivan Sen. I just think Beneath Clouds, one of the best Australian films made. Mm. I think so. Yeah. Mm. What was the first film you were ever involved with, and in what capacity? I think I was an extra on All My Friends Are Leaving Brisbane. That was probably the first. That was in third year or second year at drama school. Yeah. That was the first cool. film. Yeah. That film employed a lot of Brisbane actors. It did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely. What was the last film you worked on? Shooter. Oscars or Golden Globes? I've heard Golden Globes are more fun. So um, I'd probably say Golden Globes. Career highlight to date? Working with the creative people I have to this point, I think. I think that's that's been my highlight. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, jump online and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Share with a friend and write us a review. And until next time, filmmakers, keep creating.